Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic University Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Canton III, and we are back with MCU content as She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, begins episode one. Very excited to talk about this, and let's introduce the panel tonight before we get into any of the histrionics and, and good stuff. First, the super producer, Jake Christie, is in the house. Jake, how are you? I'm doing very well. I know that I was very early in being excited for this show. I mean, I, I it took me a while to get past the name She-Hulk, but once I heard legal comedy, it's like, sign me up. And so I'm happy to talk about it. Absolutely. And we do have a guest with us, an esteemed guest, I might add. Her name is Rachel Leishman. She is a writer and editor at the Mary Sue and co-host of the Padro Pascal podcast. I'm going to have to ask you about that, Rachel, a little bit later. But <laughs> as for now, Rachel, welcome to the program. Happy to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to talk about She-Hulk, my new favorite little show. Yay, 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 yay. Episode one, this is written and created by Jessica Gao. And I want to get into general thoughts first, because this first episode is basically one beat for the most part, but I do think it, it adds layers. One of the things that I'll mention first before I throw it to you, Rachel, is... The thing that I that I liked more so than anything else, as opposed to a lot of the Disney Plus Marvel Studios entry so far, is that because we know that this is nine episodes, the fact that they are able to do this intro and kind of give layers to Jennifer and Bruce in this particular story, catching up with Bruce, I think was really important to kind of like put the layers together. And we'll get into more of it as it goes. But that part of it I liked. And hopefully Marvel Studios will think about adding more episodes to these shows as they go along. Because I do think it helps this show out a bunch. Rachel, what are your general thoughts on this first episode? Um, I like it a lot. Like, generally, like, I love... I like the change to her origin. I like the... Ch- like, I like the vibe of it where... It's uh, I come from a like very big Italian family, so I like that it's just like these two cousins who are weirdly close because I, I like was rewatching it before this and thought to myself like, oh, like, I don't know that I would. And I stopped the mid sentence. I was like, yeah, of course I would act like this with my cousin. Like, I don't understand why I thought for a second it was strange for her to be on this vacation with her cousin mm-hmm. when I would do that kind of stuff. And so, like, I liked how it's just this first episode is just like, oh, yeah, like you want to know how I became She-Hulk and how I got here, here it is. And it's just very fun in a way that, like, I I assumed from the trailers it was going to be fun, but I thought it was going to be more in line comedically with Hawkeye, a show I also really like, but I I thought it was more going to be, like, that level of, like, it's comedy, but it's still Marvel, um, but it's its 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 own kind of thing entirely, and I like it a lot. Yeah, they're really going for it here. As we go, we'll hit some of the beats. But Jake, how about you in terms of general thoughts? Two things. One, just to respond to the cousin thing. A thing I've tried to explain to some other people is that like, (laughs) 
I think it's, I'm just gonna speak from my specific experience. Even though I was mostly grew up in Florida, being from a white family from the Northeast, truly it is a crapshoot of either you are as close to brothers with a cousin or the cousin wouldn't recognize you. Like there are some cousins that if I saw, I'd be like, is that my cousin? But there are some cousins where even if I don't see them all the time, if I'm at a family gathering, it's just like we have the rapport as if we have never we spent the whole, <laughs> our whole lives together. And so I do love that that is represented because you get the vibe that Bruce and Jennifer probably haven't spent that much time with each other recently. But the vibe is so natural that, like, it, it's a very specific thing with cousins. Um, shouts to all my cousins out there. I think I have one cousin that occasionally <laughs> listens. Shouts to you, Chris. But uh, besides that, the thing I like about this show is that it is actually a comedy. And I've talked about this before. Um, the very pithy, and I don't even know if this is an accurate thing that I was told in college, which I think about all the time with TV. The difference between a drama and a comedy is that a drama is a show where life and death are in close proximity, and comedy is a show where life and death of a relationship are in close proximity. And that's obviously like, and that could be metaphorical, like Mad Men, Don Draper is not really going to die, but he might have his soul die at some point, right? And the thing that about like Hawkeye, which is funny, the stakes of the show are still life and death. It is still a drama <laughs> that has jokes in it, right? Whereas this show... This, well, I imagine at the end there will probably be some life and death stuff. Even as there's extreme fighting, the stakes of it are, will Jennifer keep her job? Will people still like her? The, and those are all very comedic stakes. It doesn't feel, it doesn't have the thing that a lot of people complain about with Marvel with like jokes being put on top of super serious things because they're not actually really taking the stuff super seriously to begin with, but they're taking the emotions of it super seriously. They're taking that her fear of losing her like livelihood and the life experience she has over being a Hulk is treated with the same dramatic weight as the city blowing up. And that is what makes it feel, it doesn't make it feel disposable, even though it's a comedy. And that really, that's makes me really happy because I was really afraid it was going to be a show with jokes in it, but it was still going to be like, Oh, she needs to save the world. And once again, that is fine. If it comes in episode nine, but I like that. It never, it's not, it's, the tone is not at war with itself. It's actually pretty consistently one tone, and that tone is legal show. Also, I will also add that when you have somebody like Tatiana Maslany who makes her debut here and totally nails it, like right off the bat, that's where, okay, this show can be carried, this show can can go to places and you have room to grow with a character who has this much charisma and the comedic timing and chops too. So that's where like this first episode, you kind of get it off the bat. And I feel like they gave you, uh, gave you a little bit of a taste of it. And it almost seems like they're feeding it to you piece by piece. And then it continues even more as the series rolls on. So, uh, that part of it is very exciting for me, but let's kind of jump into the plot here as we begin with uh, Tatiana, a.k.a. Uh, Jennifer Walters, talking about or she's in she's in her law office and she's discussing a case with uh, I think it's G. Is it GLKNH? Yeah, GLKNH. Mm -hmm. And she's making a very, very good case about what she's trying to do here. And then we have we have uh, her friend Nikki, and we mm. have Dennis, who I wrote immediately Ugh. in in my notes, uh, misogyny, uh, just just yeah. like just a whole just a bunch chud. of just a, and and by the way, he's an amazing character because he's so easy, makes it so easy to hate him. He's just such a jerk. Mm. Um, yeah, and it's all, it's immediate anyway. 
Yes, yes, yes. It's immediate. So they have that and they're about to they're about to go to the courtroom. But Jennifer stops everything to break the fourth wall and explain to us that there was a lot of stuff that happened before this moment because she was she's already She-Hulk. And the fourth wall stuff is stuff that we've heard about. And anybody Mm -hmm. who's read the comics, that's a heavy She-Hulk thing. Rachel, when we see this fourth wall break happen right off the bat what what came to mind to you was there any particular feelings you had in terms of execution oh well i like i mean i i read like their inspirations for it uh prior to watching them like i they talked about fleabag a lot um it's a little bit different than fleabags but i still like it a lot i think it's fun i like how she gets like she's a bit of a smart ass in them and so i like it a lot and how she kind of like takes in the the world of the show and like uh deals with problems through them i think it's very interesting and reading that they also were inspired by ally mcbeal made me like like them in the tone of the show a lot more as well not that i didn't like them but as soon as i was like oh yeah this does feel like an ally mcbeal vibe even though like she didn't like do asides and break the fourth wall directly into the camera it's still the same kind of like surreal aspect and so i i I liked them i think it it's it's fun and different in a way that brings in aspects of the comics but is also very modern in how like certain stories are being told and so i just I, i think it's going to be something that continues to be fun and uh exciting to see how they like integrate her breaking the fourth wall with other characters in the show at large yeah, I, I like the tonal shift of it. Jake, how about you? So the thing is, I'll watch anything with a fourth wall break. I say this as I literally <laughs> last night watched the Paramount Plus original movie Honor Society, which is fine, but it involves breaking the fourth wall. And so I'm like, I'll watch a high school comedy starring Ann Gary Rice for an hour and a half. Why not? She talks to the camera. So I'm already hook, line, and sinker on it. But I think the thing that is fun about it is that she is not breaking the fourth wall to just like let the world know her inner thoughts. She's breaking the fourth wall to like let the audience of the show She-Hulk understand what she's thinking. Mm-hmm. Like it is very much in the voice of like that she is in her mind directing her show. And I think that that is in itself actually very revealing to us uh, of her as a character. Cause like it doesn't need to be spoken that even though she is very altruistic and does, I think want to do stuff for the good of people. She also does have in her mind a show about her life going on, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's like a very fun knowing thing uh, to do. And it's, I think um, an interesting way because the fourth wall breaking thing has been done before. Um, I once again can, uh, I'll take it wherever they can give it. But I think that having it very specifically, uh, in the language of television and even in this fourth wall break where it's very much about like she is breaking the fourth wall now not to just like vent but like to let the audience in like oh i forgot you guys are here come on and that um it just gives a it gives a vibe and it also allows you to kind of you know, not get bogged down in some plot stuff because if you if you can just kind of snap your fingers and have someone direct address the camera with something, it's not the thing you should do all the time, but it does kind of uh, give some narrative freedom to not have to, you know, they don't have to do like a crazy, um, they don't have to start the show with her becoming She-Hulk and they don't have to do it everything in a linear right. order. They can use her to camera to kind of structure it. Right. And so we jump into 
Bruce and Jen on a little bit of a road trip, which is fun. It's fun to see Bruce again. It's fun to see Mark Ruffalo. And they're having a conversation about a lot of different things. First, we get the we get the exposition about no they're, they're talking about one thing they're talking about one thing i'm sorry no, okay <laughs> okay keep no going. no we're, we're getting to that i, I just want i just okay, want to yeah, get the, I know, the I know, I know. because it's going to play into it's going to play into something yeah, you want to get to the important plot stuff out of the way okay the- <laughs> oh my goodness so there so basically one of the things that is is interesting and we'll touch on it more in episode two is bruce talking about his his arm being in the sling and using this particular technology to help heal him and as far as his transformations are concerned we'll hit that point a little later in the episode but the real conversation that's going on is jen is asking about captain america steve rogers and whether he's a virgin or not and I think this is the type of journalism, even though Jennifer Walters mm-hmm. is not a journalist, this is the type of journalism yeah. that we need in America today. It really yeah. is. Yep. It's, 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 it, it is tremendous stuff. I, I said it on Twitter. Jennifer Walters, if you're if somehow like the multiverse happens where you become real in this world, come on MC University pod. You'd be very welcome. <laughs> These are the type of questions we ask. Um I'm sure if they didn't get in that car accident, she would have the same questions about vision that I've had. So I just I felt very seen. Like a lot of people talk about representation in the MCU, and I felt seen in someone asking questions like this. But I I just love that it is it in this phase they're really introducing more the idea of people consuming the Avengers similarly to the people way people consume the MCU, right? With Miss Marvel in particular, but. It is good to know that like that this is also a side of it, and I'm honestly kind of surprised that they did like I. The MCU will kind of make fun of itself sometimes, but I was actually kind of surprised that this bit went as long as they did. At every moment, she kept saying more and more things. I expected the car accident to happen. Like, well, surely they'll cut her off here. Surely they'll cut her off here. Surely they'll cut her off here. And they pretty much got the whole thing out. So thank you, Kevin Feige, for that. I appreciate it a lot. (laughs) Rachel, give me everything that you got on how awesome this scene was. Okay. So I, here is the thing. (laughs) <laughs> I wrote about this and then got it. I, I got a commenter being like, this is weird. And I was like, he's a fictional character. But I was talking to my friend about it. And I was saying, I was like, I look at it as like, yeah, sure. I guess in like our, our world, it would be weird. But then it's also the same thing as like, if like, I was thinking about my brother asking me questions about celebrities that I like interview mm-hmm. and the way he asked. And I'm like, I'm not going to ask them that like, and mm-hmm. to, it's not the same level. But, like, that kind of, like, weird dynamic of, like, well, I, I know this person. They, mm-hmm. I'll have her ask. And so it's, like, I understood her her gut reaction to be, like, I don't care that it's your friend. I have questions. And, like, I loved that she was just, like, kind of tormenting him with it. And it wasn't really, like, like, I, I think if he was, like, you, you got to drop this. I'm not going to answer it. She mm-hmm. would have dropped it. But it's the fact that she knew that she could just keep kind of messing mm-hmm. with him and then he'd give her the answer she wants that I was just like, oh, yeah, I understand that whole line of thinking from mm-hmm. her where she's like, I know that this guy is going to break and I'm going to make him break so I get what I want out of it. And mm-hmm. I think it was just it's so good. I thought it was so funny. Oh, and if man. the person who said that it was yeah. weird that you wrote that is listening, the Twitter is at <laughs> MC University Pod. I assure you, I assure you that we've had some conversations. Um, 
I, I did just make me outline. What did make me outline like every woman he's kissed on screen in the mm-hmm. MCU, mm-hmm. and I was like. He could have kissed somebody else. Like he could have kissed a guy. He could have kissed. Like I, I don't know Steve Rogers. Yeah, like, I, I, yeah. I, I think like that. I think the I evidence like for him, it. the evidence for him having had sex with anyone that he kissed on screen is not very strong. I, I don't think like there's not yeah. really any situation where he could have had sex with Peggy Carter. I hope he didn't have sex with Agent Carter. Uh, Natalie Dormer kind of threw himself like so. I don't think, but that he still lived a lot of life. And so, um, yeah. And obviously, we get the answer at the end in. Uh, my favorite post credit scene that's ever happened. But uh, AC, keep going with the plot. We got a lot of stuff to get through. <laughs> of course, of course. And and I, j- I just have to say, again, like Jennifer, this is this is the type of stuff that you want to see in terms of when we talk about comedy. This is the type of stuff. Like, and I'm and I'm glad that they're able to use this tonal shift to kind of I don't know why. Watching this episode and so far this show of what we've seen, I it just feels freer. It, it like this just seems like they're operating in, in a way that you're when you watch the show you're not necessarily thinking about plot points and stuff like that and that's something that will continue to play on as as we go but there actually is a plot point because before we get the we get the car accident as as they're continuing to have this conversation a spaceship shows up in front of their car and this spaceship is from Sakar and obviously this was shown in the in in another a mini scene on the internet a couple of days ago but as far as people who have seen it already can kind of surmise when you talk about Sakar and you and you go into the comics basically we talk about planet hulk and what leads to world war hulk and over the last year there's been a lot of heavy heavy rumors about a world war hulk movie so and obviously what takes place in this this situation here and the heavy rumors are we will be meeting a child of the hulk at some point now whether that's true or not we will find out at some point but jake i'll, I'll ask you first and then throw it to rachel oh this was not something that when you and i talked about this offline that we necessarily like really dived into deep but as yeah. we as we Can I be honest to- with you it's cuz at yeah. this moment, I don't care. And not that I don't care overall, yeah. but for the purposes of this, like, whatever we get, we're going to get. And I obviously, I'm just not as naturally looking to see what's going to happen next as yeah. you or I think probably the average MCU fan. But, like, I think that it's a cool thing to have. It's a cool thing to tie the car accident into a thing that's going to happen in the future. But, like, I'm ready for whatever's going to happen when the MCU gives it to me. I'm not, I don't need it now, Um, in particularly, in, you know, in uh in this show i'm i'm happy to see them gi- to have i'm happy to have them give us flashes of it and then whenever they get whenever they do the big announcement that they got the distribution rights for hulk back then we can all talk about it but at the moment i just i'm fine just to leave it be so as as rachel is a newcomer on this show i, I i'm very intrigued for your opinion on this because we kind of fall on op- jake and i fall on like opposite ends of the spectrum it's kind of what makes the whole thing work is that Jake is kind of into, yeah, yeah. Jake is kind of into the like the nuts and bolts of a show and how it works. Me being comic book nerdy guy, sees stuff like this and starts writing on the wall conspiracy theories and stuff like that of what what's going to happen next. So, where do you fall on something like this? 
Oh, I'm for, I don't know if you can see all of my, my nerdy things behind me, but I'm uh, very much like, I, I guess I would be in the middle of you guys because mm-hmm. I know like the logistics of a show, like how comedy and like acting and all that kind of stuff works on one side, but then also a huge nerd. So it's like, I kind of understand both aspects of like, oh, why is that there? I'm going to look into why that would show up. Mm-hmm. from a nerdy standpoint after but i'm gonna also keep watching the show and then i'll figure all that after the fact mm-hmm. um with that in particular i was like huh i'm just gonna wait and see where they hint with hulk because it's her show and so i think they're just doing little teases and i just like i know like we're gonna have matt coming up eventually and like uh like there's just all these little like cameos and stuff that are rumored to be happening that i think that's like, I don't want it to be the the last thing we're going to get from Hulk. But mm-hmm. I do think that's kind of like them being like, okay, you got your taste. And now, like, here's what you know about Hulk. That ship is connected to him. It was coming for him. So, like, take with that as you will. And then, like, you can theorize outside of that. Right. Um, I'm just the kind of person who I'm like, okay, how does this apply to the show currently? Like, because I don't think, like, it's going to get that much into Bruce. I think his his deal is kind of like, I'm going to show her the ropes and be in peace. Um, and so I think, like, they're giving you a tease of where we can see Hulk in the future, but it's not supposed to be something like, I don't know. If that, like, it's, I, I think it it's does. just one of those things where it's like, you can, you, I, as a human yeah. who is a nerd, can, can go and research that uh-huh. after the fact. I don't think the show is going to be like. And, and I just want to. I, I, I want to mm-hmm. clear something up, and I apologize for interrupting. You, Rachel, some of the things you were saying implied that I'm not a nerd as well. No. I am absolutely <laughs> a nerd. The thing is that in in more, perhaps more pathetic in a lot of ways than I see, but I just happen to, for some reason or another. I never read comic books growing up. I think mostly because I kind of had my mind like, well, that's too nerdy. I can't do that. And of course, I was still doing, I was doing all the nerdy shit. I, I, who was I kidding myself? But no, the only difference is just that I didn't read comic books. I absolutely right. uh, am as obsessed with this stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think that, I think that your approach uh-huh. is, the, is the healthy one in between us. <laughs> Yeah, and and no, like I think I think the one thing that you say there, and this is what again I think the show does well because it simultaneously gives you the the, the taste of Bruce. We want to we want an update. We want to know what's happening. We get that in this episode, and they kind of shuttle him off, and it feels like Jennifer's show. It doesn't feel like oh, this is Bruce here to kind of like just be here and kind of be like kind of that lording force over her, but no. This is him providing knowledge and certain things that she will need or for them to go back and forth with, as uh, we'll get into in a little bit. And it's it still feels like it's her show centrally. And I and I like the fact that as long as you give give me a little nugget, I'll take it and run with it and uh, we'll we'll surmise as we continue to go. But after this, after the ship shows up, they get into a car accident and. The, and presto, Jennifer now is a Hulk because her blood mixed with Bruce's blood in the car accident, and she hulks out mm-hmm. immediately. And mm-hmm. then we, which is, I think what I what I like here is kind of like there's a lot of just shifts, and you want to talk about the comedy aspect, but I do think that they made the Hulk out here pretty good, and it looked it actually looked good on screen. You have something? You have something, Rachel? 
Yeah, well, no, and I just like, because, like, from what I know from her origin in the comics is she needed a blood transfusion, and the only one who could give it to her was Bruce, and that's how she became She-Hulk, which Mm -hmm. is, like, in my, like, yeah, I get it, whatever, like, oh, it was Dyer, only he could help, but I'm like, it was always just, like, no one else in the world could have given you blood Mm -hmm. other than your cousin who is a Hulk, knowing Mm -hmm. that you would be a Hulk, Um, so I kind of like that it's accidental, much like Bruce's. Mm-hmm. entrance into the hulk and that like it is like so simultaneous into how like she's bleeding he realizes he's bleeding and he's like get away from me and then it's like you just watch her arm mm-hmm. turn green before yeah. she fully hulks out and so like i like that change like yeah it's gross on paper when you think about it too long <laughs> that you're like oh they're blood mixed together on the okay but like it, it just makes more sense to me, and I was like, oh yeah, yeah that's a cool, that's a cool shift. Like I, I liked mm. it. Yeah, yeah, I just never believed the comic. I never read the comics, but just hearing the comic origin story, I'm just like, I both don't believe that she would be willing to do it, and also more importantly, with the Bruce in the MCU, the way that he's characterized, he would not allow that to happen. He is so angry at the idea of being a Hulk that no matter what, he would never do that. And so I think that this is really fun, and I think the cool thing they did visually with the Hulking out is that it was in first person and it is kind of disorienting and you only get like the glimpses. It's not like there's no wide shot of her as a Hulk. And obviously you know that she's a Hulk because the show is called she Hulk, but it is <laughs> like, it's, it is, it is disorienting in the same way that it is for her. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, 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 I do like that. It was really sudden. And I also think that not for nothing, obviously it's her cousin, but I always am interested in when a hero gets some type of power slash burden from trying to help someone, you know, it was her, and it turned it around. It wasn't Bruce trying to help her. It was her trying to help Bruce that ended up her, you know, getting uh, hulked out. And so, you know, I think, yeah, I think that the lesson here is practice proper safety and first aid, first and foremost. <laughs> 100%. So Jen wakes up in the woods, and she's not too far from a bar, and she's transformed back into Jen. So then, mm-hmm. you know, she's she's obviously a little roughed up, a little worse for wear. She goes to the bathroom. <laughs> there's a bunch of women in there. And there's a lot of, what did they, what did he do? He, he, you don't deserve <laughs> this. And um, yeah. that, that was just the like magic another... of women's restrooms. The yeah. magic of women's restrooms. <laughs> the Jessica Gal had a great, she talked about it at the, like the press conference thing they did yeah. about how that was, that was like the thing that she needed to keep in there. And obviously I'll let you elaborate on it, but I really, I love that that was, she's like, no, this is the scene that needs to be in the pilot. And I think that it makes the bit later where she talks about, you know, how being a woman informs her being a whole, it, the duality, those two things are related. And so I'm very glad she got to keep that in. Yes, yeah, good to do. And I think, well, I was just saying, I think like uh, uh, almost every woman I know has had an experience where they're in the bathroom and some girl is just overly nice to them. And you're like, this was great. This girl was in the bathroom and she just like helped me do it. Like all of us have a story like that. And so, like, to see it in something like this, where it was like rewatching it, I was like, oh no, they all rule because there's no question. They're instantly like, who are we fighting? And they don't know her. And all like, and at first I was like, Oh, she just looks like she's dirty. And then like you could see the blood and stuff. And it's like, no, she's like clearly looking like she is worse for wear and someone like her. her. And mm-hmm. all of these girls were like, I don't care how drunk I am. I'm going to fight somebody. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is great. Like, this is perfect. Because mm-hmm. every one of us, I think, has that story. Mm-hmm. Not yeah, that specific. Story- you know what no, I mean? The story of kindness in men's bathrooms, the best you'll get is a nod and a 
Sup, boss? That's it. <laughs> That's the nicest anyone's ever been. Yeah, man, Jay, I think, yeah, Jake is right about that. And, so, and, and to be frank, knowing some of the people who are in men's public bathrooms, I don't want much more than that. I don't need. <laughs> I don't need. <laughs> oh boy, a lot of bathroom exposition. But as as Jennifer as Jennifer <laughs> Jennifer leaves the bar and she's outside waiting for Bruce, we get we get these dudes, the you know these thirsty dudes trying to accost her and cause her issues, and of course. She hulks out again, and before she's able to put the put the beats down onto them, uh, Bruce intervenes, and we get another. I, oh. I love those. I do love those Hulk uh, cutouts where like the scene just yeah. ends once once a once a Hulk attacks or a Hulk gets attacked in in that instance. I, I do love that. Mm-hmm. So then Jennifer wakes up in Mexico as Bruce has taken her there for not only treatment but training. And she wakes up. She sees him. She sees him in Hulk form down in his in his little uh, laboratory. As Bruce eventually explains that Tony Stark bought for him. I get a Tony mention here, so that that was cool. And then this is like where for me, like it's been a while since we've had real mention of the OG Avengers in together in any fashion. So I think this was another part of this episode that. I enjoyed too him talking about Tony and their relationship, and also at the same time, it kind of made me a little sad for Bruce because it feels like he's so alone. Yeah, Rachel, you, know you feel like you of? have something oh, on sorry. that. Oh, go, sorry, go, Rachel. No, I was just like, I like it too, oh. and I like how it like. There's, uh, I said I was re- when I wa- rewatched, I said I was like, yeah, you can tell Tony built that. Lab. Like it looked like mm-hmm. a Tony yeah. lab, um, but like. It's just like I I like that whole thing. I like like later there's something at the bar. Mm. Like it's like I like that it's just all like yeah no like they were all my friends. I mm. hung out with the Avengers. <laughs> no mm. one saw it, but I did it. And so then it's like he is for the most part alone because Tony's gone, Nat's gone, Steve's mm-hmm. gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clint has a whole family, and so it's just kind of like him and Thor is off. Mm-hmm. Now yeah. being a dad, <laughs> just yeah. Bruce. What it reminds me of is when you'll have like a cohort of people on like the same quote unquote class of SNL, and like four out of the five of them leave, and you're like, oh, it looks so sad to see Bill Hader on for one season without Kristen Wiig and Andy Samberg. <laughs> That's what it feels like. We're just like, this is a whole new group, and he just happens to be the one left over. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, and he's you know happy, but he's also like he's clearly alone and clearly um. And I hope they get into this more because this was I think my chief complaint with the whole professor Hulk thing to begin with was that I think that like, he thinks that he's solved all of his problems, but like, obviously he hasn't because obviously I was just going to say that life. I was like, clearly he's not going doing too well. Cause he's smart Hulk. And he like turned himself into this big green, like he thinks that it being. solved his problems, but of course yeah. it did not. And that was the thing that was a little bit disappointed that they didn't touch on an end game, but obviously end game was already a three hour film. And so as we move on with Hulk, that's the thing. I, I don't love the idea that it's neat and tidy that he can be both smart and Hulk. It's like, no, he, he still can't live a normal life as professor Hulk. He's a Hulk. And I think again, as Jennifer starts to talk to him, and she asks about like her situation. Oh, we got to reverse this this powers thing. I I don't want this. I have a life. I want to get back to. I I just got an office. Uh, I'm I'm doing my thing. This is a, this is a real thing that's happening for her. And then Bruce is into the whole like you're a superhero now. You got to do this. And I think that 
that part of it is very jarring for somebody whose life is not that. So I actually, and this was where, this is where I think the episode really, the, the meat and bones, as much as we have the comedy elements and stuff, like I do think the, the dueling philosophies of both Jen and Bruce and them kind of going at each other in this episode, I think was great. I think they did a great job like illustrating that and pointing out reasons why both are right and wrong at the same time. So it's not an easy answer when it comes to both. That was so much, that was so much fun. And we'll hit some of those points in a little bit, but you know, that initial stretch where Bruce is telling her, Hey, you, we're going to have to do this. And I have this book that is 15 years of all my transformations and everything that I've done to this point to kind of control the Hulk and mm. Jen is looking for the quick fix. So th- mm. this is a this is where it kind of gets a little stressful for her. So eventually they eventually they start to to train and I think the first thing that 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 uh, Bruce does is put her in in almost like one of those uh, torture chamber things with the Stark uh, with the Stark uh, saw things coming at her and. You know, that's she, wild that that's a thing he just has. That he just has that in his basement. I get why he does, but it's just like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, man, Stellan Skarsgård's girl with the dragon is tattoo is like, this says. basement is too scary. <laughs> which is what she says to him. She's like, exactly. why do you have this? <laughs> she says, you're going to kill me? And so then she, fortunately, she transforms. And it seems like she's like on a rager, but she's still of her faculties. So even though she hulks out, she still has her her main brain functions and she could speak regularly it's not like the old hulk transformation mm-hmm. or anything like that so that's a that's a positive bruce is taken aback by this taken aback by this slightly so that that part was interesting as they go and i want to hit this point here because yeah. people we got as it. as jay as jay as jake and i have been talking about recently and we've talked about it offline we've talked about it online I'm not a fan of talking about CGI. I'm really not. I think it's I think it's one of the most overrated conversations in fandom, mainly because I think the people who talk about it don't actually care about it. Now, I do think there are there have been articles about the VFX work that have come out over the last couple of weeks that are interesting and I think people should actually read those and get into those if that's something that you want to figure out and do. But I do find that the people who are kind of parroting off those articles don't actually care and just want to make it a thing. So that's just my personal feelings on it. But as we see She-Hulk in CGI form, Jake, I'm going to throw this to you. What what were your thoughts on how it looked? Because this has been a subject of conversation. So the thing is, I don't think it looks particularly good, but it's also like it looks good enough for me to just keep it moving and to watch it. Um, I think it could have been done better. I think ultimately, and like I said, I think that this, all the stuff with the VFX industry is thorny. And I think that it simultaneously is that Marvel is, you know, like a lot of studios shitty to VFX artists because they were changing their mind. Um, but I also think that the, they want to draw a one-to-one comparison with the reason why CGI looks bad is because VFX artists are overworked. I think actually misses the point, which is the reason why this VX act, VFX and Marvel stuff is bad is because if they're not shooting it for conducive to VFX like they used to, I think that there is a lot of 
I can just tell by the way that some of the shots are composed that they told the director, and this is a good thing in some ways, like, ah, just shoot it the way you normally would and we'll figure it out in post. And I think the big thing that this really is striking with uh, She-Hulk with it not looking good is that it feels like her face is kind of unmoored on her head in a lot of scenes. And like, they don't really know exactly because the She-Hulk's face shape is different than Tatiana Maslany's. And they really don't know how to translate that. And so Mm -hmm. these are all like nitty gritty things that are, that don't work about it. But I think that that is the thing I can observe. Say, I wish it was better, but then also remember it's TV and that it's, she's like, she's the Hulk in every shot basically. So it's going to be super complicated. Uh, And that like, without having a deep well of how VFX shots work, there's nothing I can contribute to the conversation. And so I, if it looks really awful, well, I'm fine to comment on it, but frankly, like, I'm not looking forward to every single episode being like, oh my god, she looks so bad in this. It's like, okay, she looked the same last episode. Talk about it then. Like, I just, I'm not looking forward to nine weeks of that. And honestly, certainly on this show, we are not going to be spending that much time on it. But, um, Rachel, I would like to get your thoughts. Well, what, 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 what did you think about how it looks? I guess more so the conversation, because again, I, I feel like we don't have smart conversations i feel like we have i mean pretend fit smart conversations yeah i mean every conversation about the show i frankly found frustrating like i was working on a piece about how like everyone was like oh how could phase four get worse oh she hulk or like just unnecessarily shitting on the show even before it premiered simply because they wanted to and like the, uh, like there, I saw a tweet where it was like how it started, how it's going, and how it started was like Iron Man posing on a poster. And oh, I'm and like, the Nikki photo, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I'm like, well, it's really weird for you one to like use a secondary character, but as like your point for the second thing. But also, Tony Stark is not a serious character for the most part. Like no. he is, like he hides <laughs> behind sarcasm. So I was like, right. you using that, making him seem like this broody badass when he's not like i mean he is a badass and broody but he's for the most part funny because he's hiding behind sarcasm i was just like all of that frustrated me so then tie that in with people being like the cgi is so bad see they hate this show i'm like (laughs) no they don't and they're really smart about how they do it because in the comics she's normally like she hulk once she gets the transfusion and that's not what they're doing they're like she's Jen for a lot of it and mm-hmm. so it's like it, how much money did you want them to spend like I understand that I think it's easier to do the Hulk because they already have it all figured out and mapped right. out from millions and billions of dollars of movies mm-hmm. um, and so like it's fine I watched it. it I wasn't like oh my god she looks nothing like a giant green woman a thing yeah. that exists <laughs> like I was just like it's the same, I don't know, like, Thanos was a purple thing that, like, clearly I've never seen a giant purple thing mm-hmm. other than Barney. So it's like, I was like, that looks, you know, like a giant now purple I'm imagining guy. Now I'm imagining Barney with Thanos' chin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it was like, they're all fake. And I was just like, yeah. and that's why it's like. Uh, people always compare like how Spider-Man swings and I'm like, it's a man swinging through New York city. I, do, I don't go outside and see a dude swinging around. Like all of it's made up. 
<laughs> yeah, funny. I think that yeah. I actually think ironically, the fact that She-Hulk is not as like big and crazy as the Hulk is what causes the problem because the Hulk doesn't really run into Uncanny Valley stuff because he's so clearly not a person. Whereas the proportions of She-Hulk aren't so far that you don't try to read it as a person. But it's also like, I don't know. I, I also think that, you know, if they do a season two of She-Hulk, I think it'll be better. I think that they'll have better ideas. I think mm-hmm. that the thing of all the stories about the VFX artists, the thing that sticks out the most, and I think is actually related to why Marvel's VFX don't look that good, is that apparently they always want to change things at the last minute. And frankly, any movie in this day and age that has good VFX, it's like, we knew what the VFX were going to look like on day one. And if that's not the case, then that's like that's how it right. happens, unfortunately. And I think that that is the yeah. thing that's notable about those articles when it comes to why the cgi looks bad obviously it's notable because it's a horrible workplace thing etc etc but the reason why the cgi looks bad is i do think that yes if they did not have a clear locked in way that she hulk was going to look when they were starting day one episode one that is a problem and i hope that they don't do that going forward because like that is what that's what causes last minute bullshit and i wish that i wish that they had a more deliberate way of doing cgi because it just you could tell like I, I know, I know people. I think it's an unfair comparison because of the money. But when people are like, "How is this two thousand nine and show Avatar?" One, obviously, it's the money, but it's also because James Cameron had designed all the Navi characters before they yelled action. Right. You know what I mean? It's like that's kind of the thing that I wish they would change. Yeah, and I think the the last thing I'll add on this is that at the end of the day, I think Rachel put it really, really well, and I would hope. And I think our listeners are are falling more in line with with this part of it is that listen, everybody's working hard, man. COVID's still out there, still a thing. The those productions are not easy. So we gotta always take that into account when we talk about these things as opposed to being flippant in remarks. And having context is very important when having these discussions. So I hope that more people will maybe fall in line with that. But with that being said, you know, we'll see going forward uh, how those things will will continue to grow and continue to change. But I'll be the first to tell you, it's not something like, while I didn't think it looked like great by any means, it didn't take me out of what I was watching and it didn't take me out of my enjoyment. And I think at the end of the day, that's what you should be asking yourself. So yeah. on that note... Or I'll- Right. Or else they're gonna want you to be Lou Ferrig. They want the Lou Ferrigno. Yeah, let's do practical. Like, what? Do, like, I don't understand what people want. I'm like, oh, listen, I don't know how many green people you see walking around that are eight feet tall, but they don't exist. I don't know people are well, pretty crazy in Brooklyn these days. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> oh my! You, you ever ride the? You ever ride the G train? Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nah, he ain't wrong about that though. Um, I don't know. Why, I don't know why I made the joke. I think I'm the only person on this call who doesn't live in Brooklyn. So, uh, <laughs> oh, I live you in Queens. A, oh, you oh you a Brooklynite? Uh, I'm Queen. I'm Queens. I'm on the border. Oh, but okay. You are, so okay, so you are in Queens. Okay, so sorry, sorry. This just flipped. This is this is two Queens, one Brooklyn, baby. Shaft's Queens. <laughs> awesome, awesome. But we we three New Yorkers one way or another. So that's, that's, that's it's, it's all good there. But. So we continue with the with the training as Jen agrees to train, but she's not happy about the idea of this whole hero stuff, and 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 that continues. So they have the behavior training, which she kind of scoffs at, and then they have the 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 strength training later. As as the I thought the boulder scene was 
was pretty mm-hmm. funny. Um, as Jen throws the boulder, feels feels satisfied with herself, and then Bruce throws the boulder. By the way, when Bruce throws the boulder, does, does he have any idea where that thing is going and who that might hit? <laughs> no, I truly was like, is, did it hit a plane? Like, was like when it hit the air, it exploded. And I'm like, did you kill a bunch of people? Like, what did you hit? <laughs> I mean, geez, geez, Louise. And then there's a little bit of a playful. There's a playful back and forth with them as uh, Bruce shoves Jen off of the off of the cliff and, and she gives him the finger. And they have a little bit more of a back and forth. And I think like the cousin stuff here is very fun. They have the drinks and and Bruce is talking about Tony and they have the initials written into the written into the bar. And and again, you get the idea that that man, um, again, I feel bad. I do feel bad for Bruce here. Like there's a there's a loneliness to him when he talks about the stuff with not only with Tony and all Tony used to do is complain about Steve, which I thought was a nice little mm-hmm. touch. And just just generally, like, this is all he has at this point. All he has is memories of uh, what was before. Mm-hmm. And he's just here to be a hero and not really to have a life. And I think that's the, and, and that part of it, that part of it is legitimately sad, even though I enjoyed the burping and, and drinking in between all of that stuff. How about you, Jake? I know you enjoy drinking. And I mean. I, I don't enjoy burping that much actually, but I oh, do enjoy really? drinking. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a big I'm not a big burper, but um, I do love. I've said before that I think that tiki drinks are the best drinks to drink. Period. I think <laughs> I will take any super alcoholic tiki whatever over the best old fashioned in the world, and I do like an old fashioned. And so, like, I definitely want to go to that bar. And the idea of being able to process a lot of alcohol. Great, um, but I thought it was a nice bonding thing. But I do think that the unspoken sadness of it is important because it makes you agree with Jennifer's side more as she's making the argument. Because like, and she eventually says it. But the thing the whole time is, it's like you talk about how I should be a hero. Look at your life. You're just alone in Mexico. You know, it's you're not doing anything. Uh, you can't have real relationships. So I, I, I thought that was all good foundation for what the end bit. And and Rachel, like continuing on that uh, on that point, as I'm sure you're a big fan of the OG Avengers and everything that they've gone through, it I I really like that they highlighted the amount of time because we forget that it's been it legitimately has been like 15 years since all of this has come out, all of these projects and everything have come out. So there, and this is where the connectivity of the MCU is like you feel it here. Uh, more so than anything else. So, what did you think about that that interplay? Bruce talking about his his. Uh, oh, I, I loved on. it. I love I loved his little initials in the bar, um, with Tony's. Like, I was like, I like that little stuff because it's like, I was talking to my friend about how like there's so much Avengers, uh, compound, and Tower fanfic out there because we never got to see it. So it's like I really like this because it like informs how they all were together and like in a way that I wish we got to see more of when Mm -hmm. the Avengers were all together because it felt a lot like how Black Widow makes me feel because like Black Widow makes me so sad because I'm like I wanted this like it would have been nice to have that for Nat in the like journey versus like she's dead and now here's this story um, yeah. which I, I, I'm assuming we're going to end up getting with Yelena, which is nice. Cause I love her, but it's, it, it felt like that 
for me where I was just like, it's so cool. I love it, but I'm also very sad because it would have been cool to see Tony, Bruce, and Steve all at this bar. And, like, Steve being annoyed or, or Tony yelling about him. Like, whatever it was. Like, it, it made me be like, oh, no, now I want I want that again. Like, now you've made me miss. Because I was kind of like, stop bringing up Steve Rogers. It, Sam Wilson's Captain America. Just, like, accept right. it and move on. And so it made me be like, oh, man, no, I do wish. I do miss them. Like, I don't want him to be Cap again. Like, I want that to be Sam's. But I do miss the the, the human men. Of like those characters yeah. hanging out together. Yeah, I, for, for sure. And I think that, yeah, that's why I've been hitting on it so much because I think as a fan of this, it's like you for you forget all of the the moments that these characters have, have had together. And you realize like kind of like the tragic ways that it ended for not only Tony and then Steve getting old and, and, and all of that stuff. So I was just like, oh man, thinking about this episode overall, it just made me, it made me feel a type of way. But nonetheless, as as there is more training, Jennifer's like, I'm done. I can't do it. I can't do it. Can't do it. Not anymore. And this is where Jen getting mad in the car as she's trying to get out of there and which leads to their fight and them having a them having an argument back and forth about it. And Jennifer and this plays into the episode generally with Bruce is when Jen talks about not wanting to be a hero and having all that trauma and being watched by the government and all of those things like that, the first thing that came to my mind was, holy shit, she is right. She is absolutely oh, yeah. She's right definitely about right. that. She's, definitely She's right. absolutely right. She's absolutely right about that. But then Bruce is right about the whole responsibility thing. Like when you mm-hmm. have that, the whole, you know, great power, great responsibility, that whole thing. But like this is where you have both of them making points where they're both right and both wrong at the same time to where it's a compelling argument on both sides. And this leads to a a fun Hulk fight between the two of them, which I which I thought was fun. Um, Jake, what what did you think of this this back and forth between Bruce and Jen with the fight? It was fun because there was no stakes to it, really. It was, yeah. you know, no one was going to get hurt. Uh, but it was cool also to see her, you know, figure out how to do the whole clap and all that. Um, but I don't know. It, it kind of was, uh, there's not really much to say about it. It was just, you know, action. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm glad that they ended up working it out, as cousins usually do. Yes, yes. And and Rachel, anything about, like, the what Jennifer was saying? Because I think that's where it hit home with me because I really liked what she was saying. Oh, yeah. Well, because, so... One of the things, like, in my rewatch that I thought, I was just like, oh, man. Even though it's in the comics, I know people are, like, there's going to be dude bros online who are gross about, like, oh, suddenly she can control the Hulk, but, like, Bruce couldn't. Like, oh, wow, sure. Like, I just couldn't, like, foresee it. And I'm like, some guy is going to say it, and everyone's going to be like, it's part of the comics. Like, it's been there. But I was like, I know those people are going to exist, they're going to say mean things and it's going to annoy me. And then this scene happened where she's sitting there and she's like, my entire life I've had to control my emotions and how I feel or someone's going to perceive me in a way. And like that part of that explanation to him where she's like, stop making me train, stop making me do the things I want to do, like, or you want me to do, I'm going to go be a lawyer, like I'm done. I really related to because it's like, yeah, I completely understand her uh just showing him like no i've always had to control my emotions i can control my anger 
and control this power. Like the minute you told me it was based solely on my anger, I had it. And like, I loved that. I loved her points of being like, I don't want to. Like, it, The thing is, if she was not a lawyer, I think Bruce would have been more in the right where he's like, you have a responsibility, mm-hmm. but she is a lawyer. So it's like. Yeah, she has her way to help people. Yeah. And so it's not as dire mm-hmm. in a way. Like, mm-hmm. so I think sh- her balance is going to be finding like, okay, like I'm a lawyer for superheroes, but I also have to like be a Hulk at time. And so like, I think that's what we're going to end up seeing with the show. But I do love this scene, especially on her side where she's just like, here's how I can control my powers. I don't really need your help anymore. Like, mm-hmm. I love you. You're my cousin, but also you're pissing me off. And so I really like that fight because it's like, yeah, you always have that family member who's going to be like, I'm going to give you advice. And you're like, I, I really don't need you to. And then they do it anyway. And then when you fight back, they're like, why are you mad at me? And I'm like, because I didn't ask. And so it was just very like, I loved that whole chunk of this episode. Because yes. it's like, yeah, anyone close to their family can relate to like all of that. Yeah, it's the, philo- it's the philosophy battle. It's that that type of stuff. That this is where like that's where I enjoy like these the the conversations that these characters have and ideologies and what they mean and you and you talk about the family portion of it yeah that's very valid too because families uh, I mean these days with with how everything goes there is always a conversation to be had about certain things of how to do something and mm-hmm. sometimes there isn't necessarily one way and I and I think that this episode was. And, and from that portion of it was written beautifully, but eventually Bruce relents and Jen is able to go on her way back to her normal life. And we cut back to where the, the episode started and Jen is doing the case and she's making a great case and it seems like she's going to win. But mm-hmm. then influencer Titania shows up like the Kool-Aid man and and what it starts causing a ruckus. So Jennifer has to spring into action as the She-Hulk, and she does successfully uh, beating down Titania real quick, and then, <laughs> and then goes right back as we get to the credits, um, and and she not only wins the fight, but she she wins the case, at least we think no she, she does not though she does not they don't that's nope. not even in the episode though that's not even nope. in the episode you're, or at least we think just, at least we think just, we're gonna no, you want to sound you want to sound pithy but that is not canon <laughs> that uh but i do love the, a specific character detail i really love yes. is that uh she takes off her shoes beforehand that like that, that that that's how in control she is it's like i have time to you know get the proper attire on yes um but also but, uh, that her friend told her, like Nikki was like your shoes, and she was like, "Oh yeah, yeah right. Exactly. I need to take off my and, and oh, and the and the MCU somehow ruined by Nikki being important when Nikki's a fucking hero. Save those goddamn shoes. She's she has student loans to pay off. She can't afford multiple pairs of great shoes. Nikki, always, Nikki rules. Good. I love Nikki. <laughs> yeah, she she is great. Uh, always good to have a gal in the chair. And Spidey has his guy in the chair and looks like Jennifer has her gal in the chair too. And we get the credits, which I, I love the credits. I love the Eve music there. A really upbeat energy as we get to the credits. And as we find out in the show, there is a post credit scene every episode, which is wonderful. And you know what, Jake? I'll, I'll, I'll let you have the honors here. What, okay. what happened in this post credit scene? So we're back at the bar. And, you know, Jennifer's in human form and Bruce is in Hulk form. And 
they're talking clearly still going on. She's drunk talking about Steve Rogers and Bruce finally relents and tells a story about uh, a girl that Steve had sex with in, I believe one of the years, I think maybe 1940 on a USO tour. 1943. And, 1943. Thank you. And then Good Jennifer job. reveals that she was faking <laughs> being drunk and it ends with Steve Rogers. Full. <laughs> and then it ends which is, uh, I mean, I love a good cutoff f bomb, but I just, she just, she's, she, she once again, I, she speaks for me, and I just don't even know what to say. It's just, it's just like I, that's how I would react, and uh, I'm just really proud that this is in the MCU. Um, our, our influence is being felt. Yes, Rachel, rank rank, rank this this post credit. How how high is it up there for you? Because it's pretty high. Out of all of the. MCU post credits. I mean, it's really high because I do love ending with yeah. Captain America, folks. Like, I think it's funny. So it's up there. But also, like, that's not a serious question. Yeah, no, I think it's it's for sure in the top five. Because I like the funny ones. Like, I like Schwarm. Yeah. I think it's I think mm-hmm. it's such a cool button. Yeah. I like I like Captain America coming out being like uh have patience. Um, I think I like this one. Like, I like when they're funnier yeah. versus like, here's a, like the one where it's a scene from Civil War. I'm like, why'd you do that? Oh, the I Ant-Man one. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. I, like, I would have yeah. seen it in Civil War, but like the f- ones where they're just genuinely funny, I enjoy. I do like the one in The Incredible Hulk, though, where Tony goes into the bar Oh yeah, yeah, with Ross. Yeah, Ross. I like that because Ross is drinking an Incredible Hulk, and I think that that's fun to imagine him ordering Hennessy and Hypnotic. (laughs) Uh, But I do. uh, This is for sure up there. This is one of the greats. I love it. She's crying and sad because she's like, I just you don't want him to be by himself and lonely. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was amazing. I I laughed really hard. It was I just like the idea of having that conversation and paying off the bit at the end is just it's just uh just perfect. Then it kind of shows you that this show is gonna be different, and I like the fact that it it feels different. So I'm looking forward to seeing where this show goes. But um, in the meantime, before we before we get out of here. Any final thoughts on episode one in terms of just what you thought and what what this show in in hopes for you and what you might see what you might see Rachel? Oh, um, I'm just excited for the like the can't like the characters that are supposed to be coming up. Um, I'm really excited to see how I'm like I, I'm excited that it's her show and it's very much her show and you mm-hmm. you get that from this this episode. But I am excited to see how like Matt Murdock exists in this universe and why he's in L.A. Because um, mm-hmm. like that was a thing I was like, oh, she's she's in New York. And then I watched this. I was like, she's not in New York. She's in Los Angeles. Why is Matt Murdock going to Los Angeles? <laughs> um, a great question. <laughs> and so like I'm excited about like that. I just like the vibe of it. I think it's very fun in a way that like Wanda is my favorite. One of my favorites. I love her very much. It reminds me of like the beginning of WandaVision where it was fun, minus mm-hmm. like not as like cerebral and thinking about stuff. Yeah. And so it's like, I like those kind of stories. And so I'm really excited to see kind of where it goes. And I love Tati- I love Tatiana Maslani. I think she's so it's good. Amazing. 
in general. And so when she was cast as Jennifer, I was like, great, this is going to be perfect because mm-hmm. she's good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I'm just excited to see what she does. And Jake, any any final thoughts on episode one? Uh, I'm, gl- I'm happy they got it out of the way because I actually uh, – it was not my favorite and I don't think it was my second favorite or my third favorite of the episodes because I, I'm excited that it's now could just be a lawyer show. Uh, that I'm glad that they condensed all of the origin into one episode as opposed yeah. to like stopping the storyline dead in its tracks later. Um, that I think was a very smart move. Uh, and also I'm going to get out now because I, I'm going to be thinking about it forever. Anytime I hear the name Tatiana Maslany, I think of a very specific bit, and this is going to mean something to like three people that when Seth Meyers hosted the Emmys, he had Billy Eichner back when Billy Eichner was doing Billy on the street to a Billy on the street segment about the Emmys. And one of the things that Billy Eichner did is he just ran from random New Yorkers away. Tatiana Maslany was snubbed. And every time I hear her name, I think of him yelling that Rachel, I don't know if you're familiar. You're nodding. Oh, um, I am. And he's correct. Cause she and, was snubbed. Uh, love, I'll like, never forget it. He's like, Tatiana Baslani was snubbed. And an old person like, who cares? <laughs> and so that's whenever I hear her name, I think of that. Um, and I just need to get it out now because I'm going to be thinking it for the next eight episodes we do. So she was oh, snubbed. And the minute she doesn't get nominated for this, that's coming back. Well, I the, mean. When the yeah. internet are. <laughs> exactly. I, it's going to be the biggest gif on all Twitter. But uh, yeah. Pretty much more so for anything else. And I think you guys made great points. And I'll reiterate the point that I made at the top is that I think having nine episodes allows you to do an episode like this. And then you can you can get that portion out of the way. You have your intro. Now you can be off and running with the type of story that you want to tell. Uh, Tatiana's awesome. It feels like the supporting characters around her are going to be very interesting to see. And I'm excited for I'm excited for everything that's going to come with this show. Rachel, I have to say it has been a pleasure to talk to you. I feel like it's been so much fun that we may have to bring you back for another episode. Um, It's a pleasure having you. Uh, Where can we find your work and where can we follow you? Uh, You can find my work at the Mary Sue, um, where I cover Marvel and Star Wars for the most part. I cover a lot of other things, but like those are the big ones that I cover. you can follow my podcast, uh, Pedro Pascal, where we go through the filmography of actor Pedro Pascal. Amazing. And you can follow me at Twitter, at Rachel Leishman. Also, awesome, awesome. And Jake Christie, where can we, where can we at follow? At the Jake Christie. You know, and, at the Jake Christie. It is what it is. Yes, and of course, you can follow me at, on Twitter at Anthony Canton underscore three. Follow the show at MC University Pod. We have a Patreon, patreon.com slash mcuniversitypod. Appreciate everybody's support and continue to do so as we now will be introducing a subscriber mailbag, uh, which Jake and I will be getting into where you guys ask your ridiculous questions and we will answer your ridiculous questions. And and AC and I get in fights behind the scenes because I insist on on asking the most ridiculous questions that Anthony doesn't want to answer. It's going to be great. Oh, I get, I'm definitely looking forward to that. So we will be we will be back next week for She-Hulk episode two for Rachel for Jake. I am Anthony Kant on the third. This has been Marvel Cinematic University, and we will talk to you next time. <laughs> <laughs>